Welcome everyone to another episode of the In Real Deep podcast, brought to you in part by Tazini Media. I'm your host, Steve Semino, senior writer at nrealdeep.com, and with us today is a special guest. Andrew could not make it again. We miss him, Andrew, and I know his baby's growing up strong and loved by our, our favorite executive editor, but we got a buddy here as well to talk about Alien Covenant, and with us is my friend Connor O'Shea. Hello, Connor. Hey, Steve. Pleasure Hi. to be here. Thanks for joining us. I love bringing yeah. on, I'm making, all my friends are making the rounds. I'm bringing in fresh <laughs> oh, yeah. new voices. Who's going to be next? <laughs> I don't want to spoil it. It could be anybody. That's the whole point. That's the joy. Yeah. But uh, yeah, thanks for having me on the pod. Yeah, Listen, man. Uh, it's, uh, it's a delight. I wanted to bring you on to talk about Alien because, uh, well, well um, Alien Covenant is our movie today. It just came out in theaters. I think it did really well. It made a lot of money. Uh, it's one of the more divisive. I, I'd say that and Prometheus, I expect to be one of the more divisive movies we talk about. And I think in like modern film pop culture nerdism it's a very they're both very hotly debated and mm-hmm. i brought that because i knew you have a strong background with alien movies and you'd be a really good person to talk to so tell us tell us why you're the perfect alien man for this particular conversation um well i'm the perfect guy to talk about alien because i own all the figurines from the, the aliens film <laughs> with like the the weird projectile guns Even and paul all that riser? Uh, i don't think paul riser is made into oh, an action figure damn it. yeah i don't know if like he has like you know, like chopping bureaucratic action <laughs> but um yeah no like i i grew up loving alien and aliens um it was like something that was introduced when i was like fairly young and probably too young to be watching these in- incredibly gory and you know violent alien films but like i just like latched on them to me like immediately because i just kind of gravitated towards i think sci-fi films growing up and just really loved the the universe that was create being created around that and that kind of that extended like partially to alien 3 and alien resurrection even though i didn't find them to be nearly as good as as alien or aliens i think they kind of like showed like the the early styles of of who we would eventually know as visionary directors and in, in david fincher and jean-pierre Jeanette. um and they they kind of put their own stamp on it and i mean alien and aliens remain like kind of gold standards for their the genre that they exist in but um and it's interesting that it, it kind of feels like even though Scott only directed Alien and then, you know, waited until uh, years later to make Prometheus, it kind of feels like it's still like his universe, even though it's he left it after 1979. He kind of he looms large over the entire mythology, even though he, he hasn't had much to do with it until 2012. Yeah, um, well, his, his looming is not even looming anymore. He's literally driving the bus. And right, yeah, with, with allegedly many more films to come. For... <laughs> yeah. Endless for a seventy-nine-year-old man, he's really planning very far into the future. He's yeah, very optimistic about his yeah, he's chances. Pushing, he's pushing eighty, but I think he's just going to keep churning these out until he croaks. Well, so. that's what we're here to talk about. Is the I don't wish death upon Mr. Scott, Sir, sir Ridley. Is he a sir? But I, I, I bet you wish he would stop. I wish he would. He's a sir, right, Sir Sir Ridley? I, I think he has been knighted. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's. We'll talk about his filmography and his resume for knighthood later on, but. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's very interesting. Um, I don't think in re- I was involved in In Real Deep when Prometheus came out, but if I had been, I would have written a scathing review of it. I am not a Prometheus fan. It's one of my least favorite movies in recent history. And so I went into the Alien Covenant with a lot of uh, trepidation. I was really not going to see it until you and I started talking and a friend of mine was going and I decided that I would give it a shot. Because it does, you know, I feel like, and I talked about this in my review, just just putting the name Alien back in front of the series is almost guaranteed to inspire a lot more enthusiasm and curiosity. And, 
you know, I, I didn't. I, I thought it would be more of what Prometheus was, and we'll talk a little bit soon about what that means to me. But I, you know, it's I'm intrigued that one of the more interesting elements, as you said, is that Ridley sort of, you know, he did come up with the entire thing. He made Alien, which is so great. But now all of a sudden, in his very old age, he's decided to step back in and sort of change what the whole Alien, change the direction of the Alien universe, reinvigorate it, you know, bring it back into to modern consciousness. And it's interesting. I wouldn't call it good. I... Like I said, did not like Prometheus, and I really did not like Alien Covenant either. So I, I'm curious to hear what you thought about now that you've seen Covenant. Does, does it? Where, where does it fit? How? What did you? What were your thoughts when you walked out? You, I think you liked Prometheus more than I did. What, what is? How does that reflect upon seeing this one? Um, well, I, I think we can agree that it's definitely the the sixth film in the Alien franchise. But <laughs> probably that's probably where it ends. Um, I, yeah, I remember. I remember you and I talking a lot about Prometheus after it came out, and I, I initially, you know, was very disappointed by. It. I, I think I went in with like very sky high expectations, as maybe a lot of like Alien fans did as well. And then we were kind of left, you know, scratching our heads over this like, this like nonstop parade of like philosophizing and like this all this like overstuffed like thematics going on, and and like a surprising reluctance to to even like show us the aliens that we've become so fond of over the years. Yeah. And so I think, I think he was trying to, it was just, it was a lot of mythologizing, a lot of world building. And I, I think that's why I appreciated Prometheus a little more than you is I, I just thought it was, I, I can like it for being an ambitious work of sci-fi. And I think that's kind of where my appreciation ends. I, it also like succeeds in, in visual ways. It has like a pretty impressive production design and, and the CGI is very good, but I mean, I, I kind of rushed to defend it in that way because I wanted it to be so good, I think, and I had to kind of grasp to find things that I, I found were good about it. Um, and so I, I thought Prometheus was a pretty a pretty di- big disappointment for me, aside from, like, you know, good performances from Fassbender, and it was just kind of shiny and pretty to look at. Um, and maybe because, like, Ridley Scott, I, at his core, you know, he's kind of dropped off in years, but I think he's still very much like a confident director who is who can put together like pretty stunning compositions. And at least from like a very like technical perspective, he can still hold my attention and, and can make like a, a, a compelling film. Um, yeah, but I mean, is that even I, I remember I wrote that down as something I want to talk to you about before we started talking, because I didn't even mention that in my review, like the way it looks, because I mean. A, I mean, I I thought there were things more interesting that I wanted to talk about, so I didn't, you know, even want to get to that. But B, I don't. Is that even how many people like? Obviously, you, you need to be a good director of good visual flair and a style is is extremely important if you're a filmmaker. But when you're making a big budget tentpole like this, mm-hmm. I just don't like. Sure, the spaceship looks good and the CGI is good and the alien looks like is how how relevant is that anymore these days? Like if you don't get that, it almost feels like a story. But if you get that, it sort of just feels like that's par for the course. Like these movies cost hundreds of millions of dollars. Like the alien better look good. Like if the alien looks shitty, I'm gonna be pissed off. Like I just don't know. Like and I agree. I know there's a lot more to it than that, but I just I, I find it hard to praise covenant in particular because it looked nice and like i don't, I don't mm-hmm. know i just think there's there's so many other things going on that just having like a cool looking spaceship and like a and ridley like ridley's his filmography is so all over the place like i couldn't even pin him down as someone with any sort of distinctive visual style in any yeah. other way like i'm sure there there are more uh students of film who could tell you you know that he does xyz often or stuff like that but he just i don't know it just 
I, I, I don't, I, I struggle to offer praise to Alien Covenant just because it, you know, hit the, the marks in terms of look and feel. Like, that to me is just not, like, the, with Alien, that's the whole crux of the movie. I don't feel like whatever he's doing here, it's not being used for any purpose other than to just look good. Yeah. And I think when, after Prometheus came out and, you know, a lot of us were left a little disappointed by it, I think that was a way that a lot of people salvaged it for themselves, yeah. including me. It's like, you know, it was. It was impressively made. It was, you know, visually very stunning. Uh, the production design was great. And like even like little things like the design of the spaceship and like the tools they used on, you know, uh, to explore like the new worlds they were in, like things like that remain impressive. But I, I totally agree that it's not it's not enough to to save it um, in, in terms of just like as a you know coherent piece of art. Um, and that's why, like when I stepped out of Covenant, I was that wasn't even like, a, as I was searching for things that I might've liked about it, that was something that I could like eschewed almost immediately. It was like, yeah, you know, it did look good. It it looked kind of a lot like Prometheus in, in some ways, but I was far less like forgiving of its other flaws this time around because it just kind of felt more like a retread of Prometheus in some ways. Yeah. And it's, and, and I really, and like, I, I think, you know, there, a lot of the earlier reviews I read, they talked about how the first hour, um, is like alien and the second hour is prometheus 2 and people were really bothered by that i didn't think it fell so neatly into those categories but i would say that it does you sort of do get the sense in the beginning that this is going to be this could be an interesting sort of standalone space story and then when they tag in you know when david michael fassbender's character from prometheus pops back in then it just really becomes and they start revealing what happened after prometheus like it just becomes a prometheus at all a, a straight up prometheus sequel in a lot of ways and that's fine mm-hmm. like obviously like you said he really wants to tell this story like he wants to muse philosophically about creating and gods and existence and all this but i just don't get why that has to come in the in an alien colored package like that just seems like an odd juxtaposition there like it almost feels like you're being tricked to a certain extent like we're being tricked into old man scott's you know late career thoughts on on god as it relates to big cool monsters who fight humans and were really popular you know 30 years ago and now are just sort of being returned for the sake of returning like i, I just don't i don't know what about the alien story required this intro being tacked onto it yeah and i i think that's where these films like falter a lot is that a lot of the themes like the like the overstuffed like ideas that he he crams into prometheus and covenant are some of those are, are kind of weaved nicely into the the early films but not in a so an obvious kind of like ham-fisted way that it's being presented to you with like a grand like soliloquy by michael fassbender every five minutes <laughs> and so and that's it, it I, I kind of appreciate the ambitious storytelling that he's going after in these films. But the, the odd thing about it is that eventually, because this is like a prequel, no, no, a sequel to a prequel to four other films that he's eventually going to like run us back into the, the events of alien is I presume where he's going with this. Sure. Um, but like, and also because he's, he's been so reluctant to even like show us the, the iconic alien from the the first films in these in Covenant and Prometheus. I wonder maybe he'll just scrap that entirely and just go in, off in this this new direction where this like malevolent android just like continues trying to eradicate every species that he comes into contact with. <laughs> um, and like and, and part of that is great. I really enjoyed Fastbender's performance, not just in Prometheus, but like we get two Fastbenders for the price of one in, <laughs> in Covenant, and a lot, a, of, a lot of yeah, a lot of a lot of 
hot fast bender on fast bender action in this one for yeah, sure. Yeah, a little kissing, but, little lips to lips. But it, it's interesting what you know. It's like you know maybe this is late career, uh, like ruminations of Ridley Scott looking back on his his over. I don't know how to say that <laughs> word. Uh, and, and and maybe because the alien films have become so iconic and so celebrated in in the let's not just like the sci-fi realm but just like film in general. Maybe they've taken on this this significance that he just wants to continue unpacking and building into this like grand universe. And with that comes this this mythologizing and like and philosophizing that a lot of us are kind of like cringing at with these last two movies. Um, so I, yeah, that those are definitely like low points for me, uh, the last two. And I wish he would just kind of like uh, balance that out a little better if he's going to continue to make these. And there's going to be a certain point, maybe even with the next film. And I, I thought I thought I was not going to want to see Covenant as much as I ended up wanting to. And I almost feel like like the marketing and the earlier views kind of tricked a lot of moviegoers into thinking that Ridley Scott had maybe learned from the mistakes of Prometheus. <laughs> yeah. And and even felt like such a reaction to it too. He's like, all right, all right, guys, I'm I'm gonna show you more Alien. I'm gonna yeah, like we're gonna call film. it Alien now. Yeah, we're, we're gonna, we're yeah, gonna we're get rid of the pretext bullshit, and we're just gonna give you an Alien. Yeah, movie. we're gonna do some like throwback like horror scenes with like claustrophobic corridors. There was really not very stuff. much horror. I thought. Yeah, like, there was like yeah, two or three scenes that you could even that were yeah. Alien esque, like of the original, and otherwise it was just you know the space movie. It felt it felt so much like a slasher film, just kind of wedged in between like the heavier thematic stuff that that Ridley's cramming into these movies now. Yeah. And it's just like I think people have already started to complain about this a lot with not just Prometheus, but now with Covenant too. It's just like these idiotic decisions that a lot of the characters make, which is all just kind of like kicked off by by Crudup deciding to go to this new planet instead of continuing on the course. But once they get there, it's just like classic dumb horror movie stuff where these like these characters who have who have landed crash landed in like this planet that they barely understand with all these like these corpses everywhere around them. Yeah, they they and really that, disregard the corpses entirely. Yeah, like, they just kind of skip right past that. But, there's so many dead bodies. <laughs> like, why does no one ask why? It's like legions of dead people in like horrified <laughs> positions. Uh, yeah, whatever. I don't know. We're in weird space land. Um but like they they keep just like running off on their own and each each dumb character that like makes this decision to to separate from the group like almost immediately meets like a grisly end. Sure. And and like that, that, this is what made the first alien so good is that you only had this handful of characters. There was some actual development going on with them and, and there was, there was sustained suspense. Like the, the, the scares were drawn out. You didn't yeah. see, you didn't see the creature until the end and like, and, and things are, are kind of dragged out for maximum impact. But here it's just like, all right, instantly this new alien creature is born and it just starts eviscerating people shows up to like a, a giant mausoleum and continues like wreaking havoc on people and just there's absolutely no it completely saps attention from any of it yeah and i think you made it i think you you hit the nail on the head with my thought process too which is i think a lot of us did even the people who like prometheus or saw something to like i think everyone was sort of holding out hope that ridley was gonna go back to the well and and do what he was able to do so well with the first one and make it unique and interesting and and he's gotten it out of his system sort of with prometheus and like you said he clearly did not like this is the what he wants to make like he didn't falter in making prometheus he made exactly the movie he wanted to make and he's made another one that is similar enough that we we sort of know what he's doing but you're right like i mean alien one had such like i i wrote like a, a sort of prometheus takedown like on my old website that i'm reading right now and i sort of make the the point that i agree with now is that the alien character the characters in alien were so 
basic and straightforward. Like, there wasn't a lot of character development there either, but they also didn't do too... Like, they, they were there to serve a very specific purpose. Like, they they were good actors, and they were, you know... And like you said, they, were, they weren't, like, spacemen. They were just, like, dude, they were just folk just hanging out. Dude, just happened to run into an alien. Yeah, like, they, and they're, they're put in these situations that were, like, far beyond their ability to fathom or understand. But the difference between that and the new ones is that it's populated by people who are trying to, like, unravel these grand mysteries of yes. the universe. And I, I think the one thing that Covenant has going for it that Prometheus really faltered with was at least it doesn't it doesn't cram the movie with too many more mysteries that go completely unresolved. Like, I think Prometheus totally suffered from, I think it was Damian Lindelof who wrote it. Yeah. Um, and he was just at, like, peak, peak loss mode where he was just, you know, you know, building these mysteries into the narrative and not giving us any sort of like satisfying conclusion or payoff to any of them. Granted, like some of the questions are the biggest questions that humankind has ever pondered. Like, where do we come from? Why we're created? What's, what's our, uh, our place in the universe. So I don't expect those to be neatly wrapped up or anything, but it just, all it did was keep adding one mystery on top of the other and not giving us anything. And it just felt like eventually that, that Scott was just going to keep churning these movies. And, and I think the problem with Covenant is that it feels more like a bridge in between Prometheus and whatever else like Scott wants to make next. Yeah, I agree. And, and I, I read that um, Damon Lindelof should get a little, maybe a little more leeway because I read that he wrote some scenes that explain like, like in Prometheus, one of the big things people shit on is when uh, David Michael Fassbender puts the, 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 the goo in, in the guy's drink. Mm-hmm. And no one knows why, like, why would he do that? And, like, you can sum- surmise that it's because he's a curious android who basically is just d- dis- starting to disregard humans as, as relevant or as his masters and sort of wants to see what happens and imagines some bad shit will happen, but is really just sort of curious. But they don't explain that. And, like, you, you – and I read that he wrote a scene, Lindelof wrote a scene that ex- sort of gave that, you know, an actual background and Ridley just didn't use it. So I think, yeah. you know, it's, but it's, I think he, right. He's, they're, they're taking on more than they can chew. They're tr- trying to tell big, ask big questions and then I answer them. And they're not even abiding by the traditional best practices for storytelling, which is when you do something, you sort of, you need, you need to make sense as to why, like it doesn't have to make it, it doesn't have to be explicitly told, but it should fit within. And I just don't think everything that happens in these movies is done is the story's not being told properly. I think there's gaps. There's, there's holes. There's too much going on. They can't keep track of everything. Like I just think it's just not good storytelling. And I think that's to me that was my main issue with Prometheus is it just didn't do a good. It didn't make me care about what was happening. I didn't know why these people were there. I didn't. They weren't defined in any real way. And I think Alien. It, yeah, it's Covenant's a little better, but it it, it doesn't resolve those issues it, it, it doesn't exacerbate them necessarily but it certainly doesn't Ridley certainly didn't go oh I think I sort of dropped the ball here and fill in some of the gaps like it's pretty much the same stuff yeah and even though they left out those scenes I think we can be glad that Ridley ultimately left out the the space Jesus plot line of, of Prometheus <laughs> yes. where they sent a an engineer back like to earth in the year zero and we crucified him. And that's why they don't like us many yes. years in the future. Cause that was, that was the weirdest thing about Prometheus is like, they go on this like insane interstellar journey to a planet and they, they finally like meet this, like this weird mythic character who could unlock the, you know, the mysteries of the universe. And then he like wakes up and immediately gets like a grumpy face and beats up everybody. Yeah. Why would that happen? <laughs> yeah. And so I don't know how you... smart. These are supposed to be our gods and they're, and he's right. punching us. Yeah. And I, and, and like uh Numi Rapace's character, I think was, was her whole point in the movie was trying to figure out why, why these people 
might have had a hand in creating us. And there's no and there's no satisfying explanation of that whatsoever. No. Um, and then and then her character is almost like uh, given the newt treatment in this one, where she died in between uh, yeah. Prometheus and, and Covenant. And so there, and, and like I think every single one of these films has the ones that don't have Sigourney Weaver are always fighting to have this Ripley surrogate. And in Prometheus, she was obviously that character. And then in this one, it's uh, Catherine Waterston, who I think like has some some shades of the Ripley character. I mean, you know, she's the like short hair and like she does this yeah, lot. you know, she's strong and she challenges Crudup's authority. Um, but, and, you know, like right after that, that's like immediately thrown to the wayside, as is like Crudup being some sort of like embattled man of faith. And like, <laughs> I, I feel like he just said like that. What what was the point of that? That was so perplexing. to he me. Just, he might as well have just winked at the audience and said, like, this is my defining, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm the religious man who nobody likes. Uh, and then like that, that's forgotten about immediately until he just like throws some like, you know, com- there's a throwaway line later on where he's. He says something about like trying to find the members of his flock, um, and, and then, then Fassbender like, makes a pun about it when he kills him, when he blows up. Doesn't he say something like, "You're God? Where's your God now, crud up?" <laughs> like, it's, yeah, it's it's not yeah. used for any. It's 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 the weakest sort of you know motivation and catalyst for anything happening. And I think like that part of the movie actually could have been a lot more interesting. I, I kind of liked David having this layer where he's like drawing these things from memory and, and conducting these strange experiments uh, after he like completely wiped out the powder people with chemical warfare for some reason. <laughs> um, and, and that could have been an interesting like kind of throwback to the old alien films if if like Crudup had somehow been impregnated by by the alien and it and it and it bursts and then, like you know and it starts you know, systematically hunting down these characters, but it was done in such like a slapdash, just like almost immediate way. And like, it was so distracting how the alien that bursts out of Crudup immediately gestates and is like fully formed within like yeah, I said that five too. minutes. That's not how it happens, right? It, it's, it isn't, but, but uh, I feel like Scott can get away with doing whatever he wants now with any of these films because he's already told you like these he's uh this is a different species there's this like pale little guy that runs fast and he's different from the ones you've seen in other movies and like and because of that he he's kind of like above suspicion for all these differences between (laughs) how the monster behaves but like it's so it's so frustrating when it's like this little alien pops out like (laughs) i don't forget what what fassbender was doing but he like raised up his arms and the alien like mimicked him in some weird way yeah, and within know. five minutes of that it's like the fully grown alien that looks like what we've seen in other films and it just starts eviscerating people and by that, that point you don't even care it just feels like it's tacked onto the film to satisfy people who wanted to see an alien because there was an alien in the name of the movie yeah i cannot um, agree more i think that's really it, it, it feels like he's also like you said like he's dancing around getting to the 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 sort of connective point which uh, okay, I guess you want to tell this story, but you, but you're again, you're selling this as you know. And I know Prometheus; he explicitly didn't sell it as an alien prequel, though. Obviously, the end scene was an alien coming out, and we're like, oh, there's the alien. So it's like he wants to have his cake and eat it too. Like he wants to give himself the space to tell his own musings, but then he also, like you said, has to give us our like he begrudgingly provides us with the fan service that we all paid for. And this just I don't know how that's conducive to making a good movie. Like those things at odds with each other in any way do not seem like they're going to produce any sort of magic. That just seems frustrating and annoying. Yeah, I think like these movies would all 
like they might even benefit from having ac- no actual tangible connection to the other alien films. Like if you completely remove that element, you could maybe tell this possibly interesting story about a malevolent android who has complicated feelings about humans. But I- instead, it's just kind of this this one little this aspect of the movie that he uses conveniently when it when it makes sense for the film and then gets tossed away almost immediately in in service of this other story that he wants to tell about David, like uh, just doing whatever he wants to do with humanity. Um and that, that's why I felt like a little conned with this one is that I thought he was going to to make a return to some of that that the old style of of alien aliens, but he just absolutely did not do that. It is, I mean, it's it's like like we said when we started though, it is like just the idea of Ridley coming back to this franchise, you know, almost thirty years later now, and or forty years later, I guess now, right? Mm-hmm. And and partic- and like doing this is because I don't think a lot of people think of. This, I mean, I guess it is Ridley's series because he did Alien, but it, like you said, it changed hands a lot along the way. It went in very different directions. It was beloved and panned, and then the Alien sort of became this pop culture icon on its own, apart from all of these things and the shitty Alien vs Predator movies, and just just as just existed as its own entity. So it's, I think it's just odd that Ridley, not odd, but it's just it's intriguing that Ridley comes back and sort of changes the game and builds his own connective tissue. Like again, as an old man. As you know, a director, and not necessarily an auteur, like he, he obviously has a lot of input and is is telling the story his way. But he's not. He he didn't invent this basically, but he's taking it as his own now and bringing him down this path. That it's it's just I, I'm not aware of many f- stories that are told that way cinematically. And so it is it is sort of fertile new ground. And I think it's I, I would love to like hear more about like what like. I'm sure he's talked about this, but like, what, like, why he's doing this, and what his end goal is, and why he, at this point in his life, he's decided to devote, like, the, basically the end of his career, in, in not maybe not its entirety, but close to its entirety, to telling these other alien stories. Like, I'm just very, it just, it's just so interesting to me. I just don't really understand what he's, what, what he hopes, what his best case scenario is, and why this captivates him so. Yeah, in some ways, it feels like a reflection of this kind of modern preoccupation with origin storytelling in a lot of films. Like we we see this constantly with uh, with like big properties that are either rebooted or or told from a different vantage point, and it it almost feels like. It, as if audiences are constantly yearning for an explanation of every facet of like a uh, like a, a universe of characters, or like a or even like a like a Marvel hero or something like that, and. You know, the thing about Alien and Aliens that people like so much is that there there was ambiguity. Like, they were kind of thrust into this unknown universe with a ship that they can't explain and these creatures they don't know of. And now what we're going to get, it's presumably, is this, this complete explanation of, like, where these creatures come from, why they're created, like, their relationship to, to mankind, and how that feeds we, into which the Which we didn't the ask line. for, necessarily. Yeah. And no one, no one has explicitly said they want. Most people probably say they don't want that. Mm-hmm. but someone yeah, decided why, we do i think that's why these films just don't feel as necessary in like the, the larger scope of the the alien films but i think that's i think that's scott's mo now is he wants to tell the, the complete story of the xenomorphs and the and their human buddies yeah and 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 he sure is and we got more of these coming so we can't escape but i um 
I think one of the things that is, and I think I, I, you you mentioned this, I think too, but like it is interesting to to tell because the androids have been a big part of the alien story since the first one. So I do think it's interesting to they've always been crafty behind the scenes, sinister motivations of some sort, like or like or at least inspiring potential of sinister motivations. So I do think it's interesting that that you know that Fassbender's character is sort of the architect of all of these things. But mm-hmm. again, like. It it was it just it feels like too much of a like everything else in these movies it feels too on the nose like oh those androids are up to no good well guess what an android made the aliens like huh <laughs> elbow tap like isn't that great like uh, I guess and he's lucky Fastbender's in these movies because Fastbender really does bring a lot and and make the character feel more whole than I think he would if a lesser actor was in the role. Yeah, and it, it's definitely a tall task uh, for Fassbender to like imbue these characters with a with small slivers of humanity, and and with David's character, kind of like a more nuanced version of that. And that's why I think a lot of people are impressed with what he's done. He's like he's done a very good job with those performances. But looking back at the the old films, I think what made them great there is that these these android characters, like you said, like do have these maybe sinister motivations, or maybe like the corporation that created them have instructed them to do these bad things. Um, and they always kind of serve as some kind of antagonist or in the movie aliens. It's, it's interesting because of the, of what happens to Ripley in the first film, she has this inherent distrust of any Android or synthetic, whatever they're called um, that she comes across. And she has this kind of very interesting, complicated relationship with, uh, with Bishop that played by Lance Henriksen. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was like the, one of the more fascinating parts of that movie is her, her kind of getting over those feelings of mistrust and eventually bonding with this, like this robot character that they, and they band together to save themselves. But they they've just become just the central preoccupation of these new movies, and I just don't think they're nearly nearly as interesting as as the humans that Ridley Scott and other directors have focused on in the past. Yeah, and speaking of humans, you I remember before we saw Covenant, you you mentioned explicitly. I bet Danny McBride's character is going to be the second to last guy to go. Yeah, and you know, that's exactly what happened to him. Makes- Spoilers, Danny McBride's character does not perish during the. <laughs> but, yeah, is it, but is everyone else does. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and like I don't know, it's just I don't I don't know if Ridley wanted us to give a shit about any of these these characters because they're just picked off in just like uh, like according to like the dumb decisions they it's make in the, the movie. Two, the guy and the girl are banging at the end too, and there's no indication as to why they're all of a sudden having sex. Like. Yeah, and that's like that's that's something I remembered from the trailers, and I think that was one of the first indications that with this movie uh, Scott was going back to like his horror roots. And you forget about that, and then you're it's like reaching the end of the film, and I, I remember like, oh yeah, what about that shower thing? We haven't seen that yet. Oh really? Um, <laughs> yeah, and it just feels so completely shoehorned in as mm-hmm. like homage to to previous films and just like going back to this weird kind of slasher sensibility but it's just like it it felt like this kind of patchwork of every other film that's come before it and like right down to like the claustrophobic corridors and the alien tracking them through that even to like the way they dispatch it in the end it's just like it's all this has been done before like are we really going to have another airlock death of an alien yeah (laughs) it just it just felt like so much of and again, Such a hangover for and the lingering film. feeling, both these, you know, this one and Prometheus both ended with pretty clear, they might as well have said to be continued at the end of the thing. Like, nothing is resolved. The story is in no way tied up in any capacity. Like, there has to be another one because nothing that nothing that ends them is satisfying. There's always, you know, and that's just a very frustrating way to me to make a movie. Like, even, you know, to Marvel's, you know, people say a lot of things about Marvel, what they're doing with their whole universe and all that. But they, I, I would say to, they do try and tell 
you know, contain stories in these movies. Like they're not always the best and they do serve a larger purpose. And, you know, and a lot of times, you know, it only, it only really exists to a make money and b advance a larger story. But I will say they introduce a character and something happens and then they resolve the, the pertinent issue then. And it's, it's not the final boss. It's not the end game by any means, but I feel like they recognize that you need to, as any good comic book would do you, at some point you need to, you need to end your little story arc and move on to the next one. And I don't get none of these these two Ridley Scott alien movies have given me any indication or any sort of finality or any sort of you know enjoyment at the end besides like oh we have to watch another one now <laughs> like Jesus Ridley wrap something yeah, up you know yeah put a bow on something and, and this one even more than other films like doesn't does not function as a standalone movie at all and I, I think I even talked to a couple of friends who had who had not seen Prometheus and I was like you are not gonna have a great time in this because <laughs> there is so much so much like you know bloated setup from the previous one and returning characters like none of this is going to make any yeah, sense when they reveal it, elizabeth shaw's dad you're gonna be like who is that why well, yeah I don't know who that is. right uh, yeah and i will say that like the the one thing i liked about like there was like one moment of genuine horror at the end is when you know uh when uh, Watterson's character uh, realizes that it's not the right fastbender on the ship. Yeah. And, and like that, that part was, even though it felt so telegraphed because there was uh, after the two fastbenders fight um, and it doesn't show you which one returns. And, Oh man, I would have loved if that, if I would have loved Covenant a million times more, if Ron Howard had narrated that and it, it was just like George senior and Oscar with neither <laughs> of them being able to land a blow. Cause they just think <laughs> in the exact same ways. <laughs> But, but like wonderful. you know, when it when it the shot lingers on them just kind of hovering over each other, it's just like you know. I think you know at that point that the evil the evil version of Fassbender is going to be the one that makes it onto the ship. Yeah. Uh, but it, you know that moment when she realizes that it is him was I I, I thought like a a pretty good gut punch at the end. That was that was coming. really great. Yeah, yeah, and like I, and then it got me thinking about the next film and if if somehow we got another one where you know, Fassbender character starts to like you know, live out his, his fantasy of infecting all these colonists with an alien and creating whatever like perfect species or, or race that he wants to. I, I could enjoy a film where maybe there were like colonists that survived that attempt or try to like, you know, fight against that. If it's like this own little like contained story that doesn't, you know, have any more of this like relentless world building or mythologizing, if it could somehow like return to the previous mode of films and be more about like the survival horror and what made the other ones interesting, I think I would be in line for that. But if there is any indication that the like the next installment of this is going to be more like Prometheus and Coven, I think I'm just I'm pretty ready to bail on on what what Scott's doing here. Yeah, I think you I think you hit the nail on the head there. Like I think there's there's a lot of ways to tell an alien themed story that I think is really great and they're they don't need to again we don't need to know exactly how that alien got on but but these are the questions everybody asks now is like who was that space jockey and alien how does he get there how does that engineer ship get there where does that alien come from is right. that you know this like, is, it's raising fun, these but... questions that 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 he doesn't seem interested in answering at least not right now and that we don't even need answered but by by telling him the story this way he's sort of forcing people who care about these to to question those things and i think that's just a useless exercise for everybody yeah i mean i think like fan goers are, are always going to like piecing together you know taking little stray bits of information that we get in these movies and and coming up with like grand explanations of of 
you know, where that alien species comes from or like, who's, who's the space jockey in the first one. And maybe it's Fassbender. And I think there's all like, even, even if Scott wasn't like, kind of like, you know, hammering home all this, like mythologizing with the, with those films, people would still be doing that. Like, I think I saw today on Twitter, someone put together this extremely complicated chart of every different species of, of alien that we've oh, seen God. across all films and like their their evolution and their their strengths and weaknesses and all that it's like <laughs> yeah, like people are going to do that no matter what but i agree like now what you're seeing is like people are spurred by these like these non-stop like mysteries that have been presented in the last couple films and trying to like break down like what you know what what is actually happening in these and like why you know who are these different species of people that we're being introduced to and what are their motivations how do they connect to the other films and it's just you know creating this kind of grand confusion around all of the films yep. that some people might delight in but like for most of us it just kind of ends up being a frustrating movie going experience yeah and I, I do admit it, it is personal preference like you know there's some bouts of tedium that i find fascinating if i'm intrigued by a story but this just feels like the most tedious thing you could possibly do is 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 unravel these particular mysteries but and like i guess i understand that if someone did like it everyone has their own fascinations in the pop culture world i, I wouldn't fault anybody if they found these movies to be good i just don't particularly care and i you know it does not appeal to the things i liked about the previous entries and i'm surprised by people that it does appeal to like you said because i just think if, you, if you've seen those first two and now you're seeing these two and you like them both uh, you could probably find things to like about all of them but it just seems odd to me that there the, there's just no crossover connectivity there that i see yeah it, it just there's this weird compulsion in in filmmakers now to create this narrative through line in all of these franchises that I think is like pretty infuriating sometimes where we just can't let these great pictures kind of stand alone by themselves. They must kind of feed into this, this larger universe and storyline that, that can go on forever if they, if the directors choose. Yep. Well, yeah. We saw the movie, like you said, it was the sixth Alien movie. That's a <laughs> I, like, I think effect. I was supposed to come into this defending Covenant a bit more than I did, but the more I've, I've, you know, yeah. it's, that's how I felt when I started. I walked out of the theater with my friend, and I said, eh, "That was, you know, it was all right, I guess." Yeah. And then we walked home and tried to like figure out what was happening in the movie, and we both realized, "Oh, this this isn't good. That we don't have answers to any of these questions." <laughs> yeah. And we ended up just laughing at Michael Fassbender's American accent more than than like, right. actually it's enjoying very the movie. Stilted Southern accent. I, I was so <laughs> distracted by that. Was, I guess he. I mean, yeah. I'm sure he could do a way better American accent. I think he did in shame. Like, I don't think it's impossible. I think he just for some reason I, they wanted him to do this really weird, shitty one. Yeah. Right, maybe there's something disarming about having like a southern robot on your ship. So yeah, that you or having it really be different from David, so they wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't sound. They'd sound so different that you wouldn't confuse the two. I don't know. Yeah, and like I've only had about a day to to let this one gestate, which is way longer than it takes any of the aliens to to like grow to full <laughs> strength in these movies. But the the more I think about it, the more I talk about it, the more it just kind of feels like a tired kind of rehash of of the the disappointing things we saw in Prometheus with like uh, some kind of throwbacks to the old films to just kind of be fan service, like you said, but not in, in, in any kind of like, you know, really satisfying way. But like, I, I don't think I'm going to watch this movie again for a very long time, no. if ever again. Um, and so he's going to have to do something really special with the next one to, to, to get my 1350 or whatever movies will cost two, two years from now. And again, uh, I like to, whenever we talk about Ridley Scott, I like to look at his filmography. When Andrew and I talked about the Martian, He's just he's made some real garbage movies like there's, it's he's made <laughs> some great movies, too. Yeah. But there's just been some that are just add like it's it's one of the more interesting filmographies I think you could possibly look up because Alien, Blade Runner, 
mm-hmm. Gladiator. These are all amazing movies. Everyone loves American Gangster is pretty great. But then yeah. he's got just some real like there's just Black Hawk Down is good, but the, like, it's just so it's just it's so varied and mm-hmm. it's just so curious as to why. I mean, I I give him credit for trying out like a, a multitude of genres and like you know he made best comedy of 2015, The Martian, yeah. but <laughs> and like I I never I didn't even know he did Exodus Gods and Kings. I had absolutely no interest in seeing that, and it seems like for like a whole decade, uh, Russell Crowe was his muse, yep. but. Yeah, like you said, just like a wildly uneven filmography, and it's he will always have like a special place in sci-fi films, uh, you know, fans' hearts because he made Blade Runner, he made Alien, and those are the standard bears for for a lot of movies that were like endlessly imitated going forward. But it's it kind of feels like he spent his entire career trying to try, not just make the next version of that, but just try to regain some of that glory, that kind of iconic status, and he never quite has. And maybe this is his attempt at doing that, and it's certainly not doing it for me. But yeah, well, again, anyone who can make this movies when you're 79 is impressive in its own right. That's a really that's a pretty old man. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. It's it's cool that he can do this at all. I just wish he was doing it better. And again, I love the Mar- the Martian was great. I wish he would. I'd rather he spend his waning years making fun interesting enjoyable movies like that and not pissing away time on aliens yeah it kind of seemed like he had settled into a nice clint eastwood groove there for a while where he's just making these like fairly competent kind of workman like movies and and pulling it off like every few years or so and the counselors seem weird too they someone fucks a car i think yeah that's great there's car fucking on that one (laughs) (laughs) and a real spiky haired javier bart (laughs) but it's also got fast bender so maybe that's where he you know that's true he does love Fastbender. Yeah. Well, but, Connor, thank you so much for joining us. It was really a delight to chat with you. I appreciate your alien musings. Um, and I appreciate that we both saw Alien Covenant this weekend for, you know, and and perhaps may we never see another alien movie as yeah, long as we live. We did it so maybe you don't have to. But <laughs> Uh, right. I think it's. I think it might be time to unload any stock you have in Whaling Corporation because it's one <laughs> one fucking unmitigated disaster after another. Yeah, they're really not good at this. <laughs> yeah, they and Guy Pierce is dead now anyway, right? Whaling's yeah, perished. Maybe they'll we'll find a way to insert Guy Pierce into every movie going forward. But... I I was a little excited, even though I remembered how I did not like him in old man makeup in the first right. one. I was happy to see him in this. I was like, oh, I love any Guy yeah. Pierce Michael Fassbender scene is is automatically way better than it should be. Right, I agree, and I, I didn't mind that opening. I thought it was an in, like a good way of kind of setting the table for the rest of the movie, but it nothing kind of lived up for, to that for me. Yeah. And that's how, that's one that's one thing about um, these movies that I wanted to talk to you about was they both Prometheus and Covenant have had a lot of kind of companion marketing, some pieces to go with it, and because like Prometheus was this kind of highly touted, very very anticipated movie, like people just consumed that stuff. There was like the TED talk given by, by Pierce's character. There oh, were these like. Right. Other, these other snippets where it shows the creation of Fassbender's Android. And those things were actually like fairly interesting and kind of like built up the mystique of what we were about to see. And then of course we got Prometheus and then no one cared, but, and then like they, they tried to do the same thing with this one, but I just absolutely did not care this time around. Like there were, there were like confessional booths from all the, all the characters in the the crew of the movie. There was, um, is this just released on social media like yeah like like they're like you know straight youtube clips like there there's one part where you actually see james franco being alive and walking around the ship which you actually never get (laughs) in this movie he just instantly bursts into flames (laughs) but uh, yeah and 
I don't know. Like, do you do you think that's a strong way of kind of marketing movie? It's it's it feels like it's been done heavily with these last two films, and I don't see it a lot with others. But I mean, it's more to, to me. It more lives on as just trivia after the fact. Like I remember when you just said that that there was those videos like introducing introducing David, and it was like Wayland Corporation is proud to present their new android David. But like that doesn't make me want to see the movie more and. I don't want to have to, you shouldn't have to do your homework to go see a movie, you know? It should be an enjoyable treat if you want to take in those things. But it does sound like they provide actual tangible value, which is great. But again, I don't think it should be, uh, I don't know. It just, it feels weird to me. Like, spend that time making a better movie, you know? Don't make me go on YouTube to find out how David was born. If that's relevant, put it in the movie. Yeah. And like, they released a prologue where it showed you already that. Fassbender's character was going to like lay waste to whatever that alien race was. So people were coming into this movie already knowing that that happened and like already asking those big questions that, you know, we didn't get any, any answers to again. Yeah. Well, (laughs) yeah, that about sums up this movie. (laughs) Those noises I just made. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we saw a movie, it was out. And if you go, I'm, I'm excited to go watch alien and aliens again. Cause I have, yeah, if if anything, if anything, this is going to make me watch the original films again and cherish those all the more for how good they are. Yeah. And and I'm not the kind I'm always the kind of person, if I don't like, you know, if they make a prequel or a sequel or a season two and I don't like it, just, just pretend like it didn't exist and just, just like the things you liked, you know, if if you don't like what comes next, just that that shouldn't taint your enjoyment of the original. Just pretend like it never happened. Like, or treat them as standalone entities. There's no reason to tie, you know, Ridley Scott made some great movies. He, He can't, they can't all be home runs. I don't, uh, I still love Alien and everything he did there. I just think this one sort of stinks. Yeah, and I, I don't think, like, he should package up, like, another redux of Alien or Aliens and just serve that up to all these, like, disgruntled fans who are not liking these movies. But, like, at the same time, it's just, like, he's trying for this, like, ambitious storytelling that it just so ends up being so flawed and unsatisfying in so many ways that I, I don't think, I think at this point I'd rather have neither. I just, just yeah not interested in this narrative anymore. Nope. Me neither, but we'll see if it makes a billion dollars. But hey, you know, make him another one. So yeah, I'll probably you know I'll probably be eating my words in three years when I like. Well, we'll have you back in three years, and we'll do this all again. We'll moan and groan and bitch, and and we'll and we'll give in just like the sheep that we are. Maybe we'll get three fast benders that year for lucky. (laughs) Oh man, if they kiss again, they play musical instruments. (laughs) Yeah, suggestively play flutes together. I'd love it. Yeah. (laughs) All right, Connor. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure to chat with you. Thank you, Steve. It was great Everybody, to be here. Everybody, go to nreldeep.com, read my review. Uh, we're still writing some other stuff. Andrew put a couple of reviews out there. Uh, the movie season's heating up, so you'll be seeing plenty from your pals at Real Deep in the very near future. So, it's great content, everybody. Uh, so we love making content more than mm-hmm. anything. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for listening, and we'll be seeing you further on up the road. Adios. Adios.